What's up? It's your host Tori and who is ready to be petty? Today it's just me by myself and I can't wait to dive into some fun TV and I guess movies that I've been watching uh, over the last couple weeks. Been a while since I did a solo episode. I think the last one was at the beginning of the pandemic when I was like buying like panic buying like Rice Krispies and now it's been like six months. Um, for those of you who don't know, I live in Victoria, BC, Canada, and we've kind of reopened now um, for the most part. Obviously, people still need to be mindful and social distance and wear your mask and things like that. But I'm back at yoga. I'm still working from home. I'm seeing my small bubble of friends. And wherever you are tuning in from around the world, I hope that you and your friends and family are safe and happy and well. I've been watching so much good TV lately. So today we're going to talk about Selling Sunset. We're going to talk about The Kissing Booth 2, Bachelorette Drums, and then I've got a This Week in Petty story for you all. So let's get into it. Selling Sunset is a Netflix original like reality TV show. If you liked Laguna Beach or The Hills, this is the TV show for you. My little sister Rowan, you all know Rowan, she's been on the podcast a few times, has tried to get me to watch this show for like two years. I think the first episode or the first season came out in like 2018 or 2019 And now there's three seasons. They're only eight episodes each. And I think they were basically filmed back to back to back. So it just kind of seems like one very long season. And I trust me, I have watched it that way. I think I watched this is actually so embarrassing, but I'm pretty sure I watched two seasons in two days. So a total of 16 hours of TV over two days. And it's just it is the perfect background uh, TV show. I don't know if you like to do that, but whenever I'm like cooking or in the bath, it's just like a TV show to like have on. It's perfect for that. But it's created by Adam DeVello, who, as I mentioned before, created, I think, Laguna and The Hills. Definitely The Hills and like The City. So if you kind of like that style of show, you'll really like this one. It's one where it's like everyone on the TV show is hot and successful and rich and they live a beautiful lifestyle that we all like gawk at. And it's kind of just like the hills where they kind of set up a situation like they have a house showing. They're real estate agents, by the way. They have like a house showing or someone's birthday party or a dress fitting for a wedding or something like that and they go to that location and they do like 30 seconds of kind of like bullshit like how are you and then they're like anyways so let's talk about like the drama that's like currently going on in the office. I think one element that's tough to watch about it is because we know that the hills was super like set up it feels a lot like that. And one of the stars, probably the main star, Chriselle, she was the new girl to the real estate agency in season one. She said, like, it's all 100% real. And I just, like, I don't buy that. Like, 
maybe you could get away with that in 2000 and like whatever nine that the hills was on but I just think you cannot get away with that in 2020 but basically if you haven't watched it which I'm sure if you're listening to this you have or you know what it's about but if you don't it is about the Oppenheim group which is a real estate agency and like property development firm I don't know by these two little like trolls of men (laughs) um Jason and Brett they are twins they have shaved heads and they're short like they're like I looked it up like honestly it says five foot six on Google but I honestly beg to differ they are just like little shorties and they're like yeah you know like chic like they try to play them off as ladies men or like I don't know like kind of promiscuous playboys which I just like I don't buy but like I guess they have that for them but they own this uh expensive real estate agency and and the tv show follows the lives of like the six hottest real estate agents um that are all like beautiful babes that wear like six inch heels to their showings and stuff like that and I looked up their website (laughs) like I was like how real is this like are they actually real estate agents etc and they are it's funny because there's like 10 other employees at the agency they're just like I guess didn't make the cut for the show So they just like showcase their hottest ones and the other plebs are just like, I guess, working in the shadows, which is kind of weird when you think about it, because um, if you watch the show, you'll know this, but they have like an open concept office. So all their desks are just like grouped together, but it's like just the stars of the TV show. So I'm I'm always like, where are the other like agents that are listed on this website? But yeah, basically they sell very, very expensive houses in the sun on Sunset Boulevard in Los Angeles. And these houses range from like two million to seventy five million dollars. And it's just like beautiful, like drone shots of these properties. And it's just for poor people like me to like honestly gawk at them. <laughs> like you're like, wow, um, I'm in my like 500 square foot apartment, but like go off. I will say that the actual houses like aren't like super, super my style. They're kind of most of them, like 90% of them are like those ultra modern houses. And I definitely like modern like decor and architecture, but I do like, especially in a home, um, maybe not necessarily as much for like an office building or anything like this, but particularly for a home like I like warmth and like a homey feel and just like a place where you could actually like live and these are like not those places like it's like there's no pictures of like friends and family there's no personal like items or anything like that like it's just a curated like living room that you would like feel very I don't know weird about spilling something on the couch or whatever (laughs) but season three is like where I get really interesting honestly I kind of forget like season two so season one Chriselle who's kind of the star of the tv show 
Uh, she was a soap star and then she transitioned to real estate and she is married to Justin Hartley from This Is Us and like other things and the first season is all about her like trying to fit in with the office second season literally finished it yesterday in one day I do not recall what it's about like I do not know what it's about I kind of feel bad Mary gets married that's like a probably the main like storyline but like so much happens in season two that is just like literally irrelevant come season three but in season three the big 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 drama is Chriselle gets divorced from Justin Hartley and apparently he just sent her a text message and she found out like an hour before it went live on TMZ so it is like major drums and I think like 99% of people are on team Chriselle but it's so funny because I find that she's just one of those people that like she's clearly in the right but there's something that she does that's just like annoying or like a little bit fake or inauthentic that just like makes you like not want to root for her or like she just kind of seems like the martyr like tries to be like holier than thou like type of person so even though I'm like 100% on her side Justin Hartley is like canceled in my books like honestly hashtag Justin is over party (laughs) like I will be the first one to RSVP but I don't know she just there's something about her that's not rootable I feel like that is also something that Taylor Swift has where it's like she's amazing creative smart talented but there's just like that one thing that's like a little off that I'm just like annoyed by her I don't know what it is maybe with Taylor it's like kind of the corniness or the righteousness I don't know because I'm a very righteous person too so I don't know what it is maybe it's something with Chriselle and Taylor and myself maybe I see myself in them I don't know what it is but there's just this one little thing that just makes me not want to root for her even though she is like clearly the better person in like honestly the whole group the group of girls Jason and Brett the little trolls and Justin Hartley like hopefully he gets killed off in season like nine of this is us or whatever I stopped watching in like season two it was too sad like my life was sad enough already without it I did not need that tv show um anyways if you watch Selling Sunset and there's something that annoys you about Chriselle, like, please tell me. And Christine and Davina, if you sign into my DMs, I'll know it's you. But if you are a objective third-party person, please tell me if you are Team Chriselle, Team Justin, Team Christine and Davina. Tell me who you are rooting for on this show. As I mentioned before, the other kind of storyline is Romaine and Mary. And Romaine is Mary's like 15 year younger, like haughty French boyfriend, fiance, and then husband. And he is so fucking hot. He is so hot and he's super tall and just classically good looking. But he's so traditional like he calls wedding planning like girl stuff and like things like that and it's just really really not up my alley and he gives Mary a wedding ring and it is a 
moissanite like gemstone or mineral or something like that so it's not a diamond he says he's saving up for the diamond and he gets so upset when people like ask about that um I just think he's like too traditionally masculine for my type and just too like fragile about these things but they are a beautiful couple the other things that like stand out to me about this tv show that I want to rant about is Christine's fashion actually to be honest all of the fashion on this tv show it is so weird because I thought it was taped in like 2016 because they wear like black pencil skirts and like those Louboutins that the Kardashians wore when they like were first famous you know the ones that are like super super high like probably even higher than six inches and then they have the huge platform at the toe I don't know it's just it's so ugly and Christine in particular like she wears neon clothes and really tight clothes and fur I think real fur and like floppy hats and she does these crazy hairstyles with like probably inappropriate braids and like ponytails and I don't know it's just so nuts I I can't look away though like I can't look away but it's it's all so 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 tacky and like not my style I will say Heather is probably the best dressed for me she kind of has like the most like young and I don't know current style I think for the show like they definitely have the kind of classic tv villains which is Davina and Christine in reality I swear to god it's Jason and Brett but it's Davina and Christine and they just like are classic tv villains they like gaslight the girls they are just not empathetic they're not nice they like talk shit behind their back and then like get mad at them for stupid shit in public and yeah it's just absolutely wild Davina goes for this 75 million dollar listing and she's like really fighting for it and I did check and it still is for sale so she like hasn't sold it yet but Davina will all be waiting on pins and needles for you to make a sale of this house it's way it's so gaudy and so just like showing off wealth it's just something that I will never ever be able to imagine truly the other thing if you are a bachelor fan you may like this show because Heather is dating Tarek from HGTV which is honestly an Ari like wannabe with the HGTV show like upside he doesn't make an appearance on the show I don't think um I'm still finishing season three but he is like a messy boy went through like a messy divorce and is now dating Heather one of the real estate agents and I think they get engaged and become like Instagram influencers which is great but hearing about some someone's relationship from like one side but then reading all of the tabloids and stuff about the couple as a whole is just very very interesting if you like tv shows where you like watch but then also have another tab up on your browser where you're like googling all the facts and stories and like like you're deep into wiki you will love doing that for this show the last thing I want to mention is just actually a suggestion for the show to improve (laughs) which like um I'm sure 
they're listening and really taking into account what I have to say. But it'd be really interesting to see more about the actual like business end of it, which I know that's probably why people haven't like they're not coming to this TV show for this. But it would be interesting to see what actually happens because they show the price of the house. Um, like so, so say it's like $10 million and they show you what the potential commission would be, which like ranges from like 80 to like $300,000, depending on again, the price of the house and what it actually sells for. But they also have to do like tons of work and tons of open houses and advertising and promotional stuff. So it'd be really interesting to see like actually what they clear because I looked up the net worths of uh, the real estate agent and they're all around like a million to five million dollars, which obviously is gobs of money, but it doesn't really line up with what the TV show like portrays. So it would be really interesting to see like after all the work and like what the timeline was and like what actually, I don't know, they make from selling houses that expensive. Anyways, I would highly recommend Selling Sunset it's a very easy bingeable tv show next in the netflix family i wanted to talk about the kissing booth 2 um it is so fucking bad i hated the first one like i physically hated it it was so bad but i there's something for me so i swear to god i will be chasing the high of like a 2005 teenage rom-com for the rest of my life like my favorite movies are like she's the man anything Mary Kane and Ashley like passport to Paris New York minute what a girl wants Lizzie McGuire movie like anything like that I swear to god I will be chasing the high <laughs> until the day that I die and these like 2020 high school rom-coms are just not cutting it for me it was like not cute clothes, not cute scenes, no like there was some like cute quotes and stuff like that. But like it just isn't good. It sticks like multiple movie tropes into one movie. If this is based on the book, like I don't know how because it's basically just like fucking repeating Kissing Booth 1. I just feel like I have to watch these movies because I have to figure out if it's something that I like. And if you follow me on Twitter at RTBP podcast, you'll know that every couple of weeks I will live tweet a movie and give you my play by play of what's happening. Sometimes I finish it. Sometimes I just physically can't. But I have to give these movies a try just to see if it's going to scratch that itch that I've been having since like fucking 2006. Like john tucker must die days and i really hope that i find a movie that will live up to the hype the main characters are played by jacob alordi and joey king who dated um probably on the set of kissing booth one and then through and then through like the off season and then they broke up and then had to film Kissing Booth 2 and 3, which they did back to back. And they've actually been really, I think, kind to each other. Like, I think they've had questions in press being like, how is that working with like a very recent ex? And they both have been super, super respectful of each other. 
But one of the best parts about this movie, because I could care less about it, but Jacob Elordi, now I think (laughs) known from Euphoria, is like actively hates this movie. It's very Robert Pattinson a la Twilight Saga, where he in like every interview is like, oh, I haven't watched the full movie. Um, Like, did you like it? <laughs> like, I probably won't watch it. He famously was missing basically from the promo that they did for Kissing Booth 3, the big announcement. It was like Joey King who plays Elle and all of the supporting characters and then doing this whole big announcement and then he pops in at the end is like hey like guys what did I miss and it's just so clear that he just wants to like distance himself from this movie and honestly good for you you're like hot you're successful and you have good taste if you hate this movie I don't like hate actors for picking up movies like this like Robert Pattinson and Kristen Stewart because these big name movies are like something that can change like actors lives in terms of money and just like people seeing them on screen and probably like brand deals and stuff that you get so I don't blame him for making a shit movie like this but I totally understand why he would want to distance himself when Joey King read the interview or she must have like someone must have told her about it she tweeted like Jacob has definitely watched the entire movie and then deleted it so run don't walk to Twitter uh, to follow Joey King and Jacob Elordi and see if there's more drama that unfolds am I saying his last name right Elordi I've never said it out loud so I'm just like kind of going with what feels right but let me know if I say it like really poorly And honestly, I don't want to give The Kissing Booth any more time. So let's move on to The Bachelorette. The Bachelorette is going through like a slight crisis, it feels like. It kind of feels like a midlife crisis, but I guess it is just a mid-COVID crisis. I say mid really, hopefully, (laughs) and optimistically. But basically, if you haven't heard, big spoiler alert, Claire ran off with one of her contestants, Dale. And when I mean ran off, I mean, I think he left uh, La Quinta, which is where they're filming. She has not, unfortunately. I don't think she can leave till it's done. So he metaphorically ran off. She is still at this huge resort. But basically, in summary, she did 12 days of bachelorette filming and decided that he was the one and and wanted to stop filming, which I think is so, so, so weird because most bachelorettes, I don't know if it's the same with bachelors, but they have a worse track record of picking the person that they spend their lives with. But bachelorettes have pretty good history, at least in the last like five years. And they have said basically night one that they've known who their top like three is and basically who their top choice is. The thing is, is that they still fake the rest of the season. Like they still go through the motions to film like the full two month season. So I'm just wondering, 
even if she knew that he was the one that soon, why did they let her like stop filming the rest of the season? And I'm wondering if they just knew that they couldn't do a two month full season in the resort. Like what are their dates going to be? Like I'm sure there's like mini golf and there's swimming and there's fireworks and there's dinners and walks and they'll probably bring in, you know, like the fucking masseuses that they do and like those other like weird activities where they have to like do something sensual together. But it just seems so weird that she was able to like kind of get off the hook. And people really speculated that she was talking to him beforehand because she knew the cast back in April when they filmed. I think they almost filmed the first night. So they could have been talking like she could have got in touch with them for the last couple months. But then Michelle Money from like way back when went on Instagram and said, no, she wasn't talking to any of them in the meantime, which honestly sounds worse because <laughs> if Claire was talking to Dale for months um, and they just couldn't fake it with the other guys or whatever, had like a moral dilemma of like kissing other people or whatever, I think that's respectable. After 12 days, when we know that the dates are like one hour each, if that group dates are like you get 20 minutes with the lead, it seems nuts that she would want to get like engaged and run off with this person. So we will have to see kind of what unfolds. The best part of the story is that it looks like Tasha has been named uh, the new bachelorette, making her the second black bachelorette. And couldn't have picked a better person. She's honestly too good for the TV show. Like she is too sane. She's too smart. She's too pretty. But I cannot wait to see how her story unfolds. And I super commend this decision. We talked about Matt James being named The Bachelor and how folks were saying that it kind of seemed like a strategic decision with the Black Lives Matter movement. But this one seems kind of more off the cuff, like they wanted to make this decision. So I think that people in the Bachelor community are really, really excited. And so am I. Where it gets weirder. <laughs> so not only do we have a lead change mid-season, the part that gets really weird is that Wells, Hannah Ann, and Ashley and Jared, and I think Becca Kufren have all been spotted on the La Quinta resort site. So what is happening? People are like, oh, maybe it's Bachelor in Paradise. I don't think so because like half of those people are in relationships or more than half. But what is going on? Like I'm wondering again if they're just like lacking content. So maybe they wanted to do an Ashley, Iconetti, Jared, Hyben like pregnancy announcement. Maybe Hannah's there, Hannah Ann is there to give advice. And maybe Becca Kufrin's also there to give advice. I could see now, okay, I'm kind of having a moment live here on the podcast. What do Hannah Ann and Becca Kufrin have in common? They were both second choices on their seasons. So I bet that they're going to the men and being like, it's okay to be a second choice meaning with Tasha, 
I don't know if this is published online or I just had like the breakthrough of the century, but I think that might be it. I, I, I truly think that that might be it. So they're probably giving advice, hyping up the contestants and Wells, they probably just needed content of him like bartending and maybe having like a one-on-one uh, heart-to-heart conversation with the lead. So I cannot wait for this season. Every season I say that I'm not going to watch, but I really like Claire. I really like Tasha, and I think I have to tune in to see what happens. This is going to be just like the rest of 2020, an unprecedented season of The Bachelorette. Okay, let's quickly wrap up with This Week in Petty as I have talked all of your ears off. I'm going to talk about a story that actually is like probably a little bit TMI, but I find it really funny and my family talks about it all the time. So I'm just going to let it all let it all out tonight. So I get Brazilian waxes and I think there's just such a comedy in Brazilian waxes because of the way that you have to like lay on the table. If you don't get waxes like to each their own. Like, we need to normalize body hair, especially for women in this world. We need to normalize razor bumps, skin imperfections, like, all of that shit. Like, I have a little moral dilemma every time I get a wax, but there is a comedy piece of it, just the way that you have to lay. Like, you have to kind of do, like, butterfly legs or, like, frog legs, Uh, with your feet together and your knees out and you have to like sometimes put your knees to your chest and different waxers will do like different things like put put one leg up or the other leg up or get on all fours and like spread your cheeks and like all of those things and so it's really I don't know there's just it's really funny I truly believe that there could be a good reality tv shows of just like a waxing studio and I always say that my claim to fame was that one of my waxers April was on Canadian Bachelorette a few years ago that was like my claim to fame anyways I was getting a Brazilian wax a little while ago and I had you know my legs above my head she's waxing my butt if If you don't, (laughs) if you think that's TMI, like turn this podcast off now, but you have to be super vulnerable. Like it is scary at first. And then sometimes like you also just don't give a fuck and you just put your legs behind your head. And the girl is waxing my butt. She has her head in between my legs, like carrying hot wax, obviously putting the strips on, ripping them off. And we have RuPaul's Drag Race on in the background and I think like metric blaring on the speakers and we're just chatting and watching TV and listening to music and we kind of go silent (laughs) at one point and she's singing the song and as she's singing the song she starts changing the lyrics to I'm waxing Tori's butthole And it's just like, it's something that has stuck with me. I really hope people don't make that into like a clip or something like that. But it is really something that has stuck with me for weeks. I told my family, 
I told all my sister's friends at her birthday and I will just look at them dead in the eye. I will get my fingers up for my falsetto and I will sing I'm waxing Tori's butthole like I'm fucking Mariah Carey on stage at the New Year's Eve party. Ugh. It's so good. I love people that can take a very uncomfortable situation and make it super chill and super funny. And honestly, that little jingle has been stuck in my head for weeks and I hope that it's stuck in yours. I will just say one more thing about this story and then I am no longer taking any questions from the crowd But I just want to say, if you can't laugh at yourself getting your asshole waxed, (laughs) sorry for the crude language, everybody, on a like operating table with your little face mask on with RuPaul in in the background, if you can't laugh at yourself, who can you truly laugh at? Anyways, that's all from me, folks. I hope you enjoyed this reality TV roundup of what I've been watching and this wild This Week in Petty. I hope you sing that to your family this weekend. I hope the next time you're getting a wax, you just make up a little jingle yourself. It will definitely take your mind off whatever's going on. And of course, I hope that you are healthy and well. If you want to hear more You can follow along on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at RTBP Podcast. You can also join our listener Facebook group, Ready to be Petty Podcast group, where we talk about all the stories we don't get to on the episode. And if you want to show some love, you can give the podcast a five-star rating you can go to ratethispodcast.com slash podcast to rate us on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, and Stitcher. I super appreciate it because it helps the pod find new listeners. As always, I'm your host, Tori, and I am ready to be petty. See you soon. Bye.